Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We continue the examination of John chapter 11. We're going through the Gospel of John. I know sometimes it seems like we're spending episode after episode in the same place. (laughs) Sometimes we are. But there's so much to be gleaned and even a cursory observation and the way that we're just sort of going through some things. And, you know, we're doing it in sort of short snippets anyway, so it's good to reflect and to think upon what is happening. So in John chapter 11, it's a great account where uh, Jesus has heard that his friend, the one whom he loved, Lazarus, was sick. And Jesus knew that Lazarus had died. He eventually told his disciples, hey, he's dead. He waits two days and then arrives uh, at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' home uh, four days after Lazarus has died because Martha tells him, Lord, he's been in the tomb four days, okay? And we're about to see that in just a moment. Uh, Martha comes out and speaks with Jesus. Then Mary comes out and speaks with Jesus. We've gone through those accounts. So Jesus is deeply moved. We see this in verse 38 of John 11. It's reiterated as mentioned before that Jesus is deeply moved within. Okay, he's moved within. And there's some really interesting things here. Why is he moved within when he knows what he's about to do? He knows that he's going to speak it forth and Lazarus is going to come from the dead. We have seen a couple of verses before this that Jesus wept, but this wasn't the moaning and the wailing of weeping. It was the weeping of his eyes teared up and he shed a tear. And the reason he shed a tear was on behalf of the people there. His heart was broken for what they were going through emotionally, what they were going through uh, with the death of their loved one. Also, the reason he's deeply moved within is that he is just disturbed and angry over what sin and death has done. Because he knows what he's going up against here, okay? This is a spiritual battle against death itself. So verse 38, Jesus, again, being moved deeply within, came to the tomb. Now, it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Verse 39, Jesus said, remove the stone. And each each word, each element here, folks, is so, so important. So he looks at him, he says, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there would be a stench, for he's been dead four days. I love the King James. But Lord, he stinketh. By this time, he stinketh. In other words, they knew that his body was decaying. And it had been four days. That's the reason we know the timing of this thing. But then Jesus looks at her, verse 40, and said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Hmm. Now, had he really said that to her (laughs) in that way? He had asked her earlier in this encounter he had with her, He had said, do you believe this thing? As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in verse uh, 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He has told his disciples that they would see his glory. He's looking at her and declares this and reminds her. And she she believed this. He asked her point blank, do you believe this? And she said, yes, I believe this. And it's really interesting here because what he'd said to her and what he'd said to his disciples, 
he's given them a real uh, typological picture right here of the fact that if you believe, you'll never die. Just like this, Lazarus has died, but he's going to come forth. Now, Lazarus died later on, but when he died in the flesh, he knew that he was not going to die in the spirit. Okay, he would live forevermore. So Jesus asked him, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord? So, verse 41, they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, what do you think he said? You know, we've all probably read this account. We've heard it preached so many times, this and that. Well, folks, we do well just to pay attention to exactly what it says. Here's what Jesus said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Well, I heard him when? He hadn't said anything yet. Well, in this particular case, father and son are in constant communion with each other. And when you go back and read the whole account, you see that Jesus tells his disciples, right? Lazarus, our friend, is asleep. And then finally he has to tell him point blank he's dead. He knew he'd been in communion with the father. He knew what was going on. And apparently he knew what the mind of the father was, and the father wanted to raise him up from the dead. And Jesus says, please do this. Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Verse 42, I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. So he's letting them know that this has already been worked out within that wonderful thing of the triune nature of God. He knew it was happening. Uh, from their perspective, he didn't ask God. He didn't wail. He didn't flail. He didn't fall on his knees. He just spoke it into existence. Verse 43 is the speaking. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Notice, with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died, verse 44, don't you love that? That was Lazarus. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Now, there's some intriguing things here which I don't have uh, definitive answers to, okay? There's one thing I do have an answer to, so let's start with that. Jesus looks at him, looks at the people and says, unbind him and let him go. It is such a picture of how we are to be with those that the Lord has called forth from the dead, with those that the Lord has called forth out of a life of sin and death who are now saved. Too often, though, we don't want to do what the Lord commands them to do, unbind them and let them go. We seem to think when somebody is saved that they go instantly from the life they'd been in, the 1 Corinthians 6 type of thing, such were some of you, from going from the life they'd been in into perfect holiness and righteousness. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I think we pretty well know that that's not what happens. We have a role and a responsibility of unbinding folks and setting them free. We really want our fish caught, scaled, gutted, and shrink-wrapped at Publix. We don't want to go through the process. But you see a picture here that we have a responsibility of doing that. And that means, yes, you have to endure, and yes, you have to put up with some things, and yes, you have to walk people through things, and they may not act like you think they're supposed to act. They may not do this. You're unbinding them. You're setting them free from the grave clothes. Some real vivid pictures here for us. And then here's the thing that's uh, uh, intriguing that I don't have any answers to. 
Jesus calls forth for Lazarus. He calls for, and it says that Lazarus came forth. But it said, bound hand and foot. Okay, with his hands and feet bound with linen strips or linen cloths or with grave clothes. He was bound. How did he come forth? You know, we don't know if he was wrapped in the style of what we usually associate with an Egyptian mummy, you know, wrapped around like that, or if each leg was wrapped separately and each arm wrapped separately and the body wrapped separately. The whole point of the wrapping was to wrap spices and herbs around the body as the body decayed. It wouldn't smell as bad. Okay. Uh, you'll read commentaries that say, oh, well, he was bound in a way where he could get up and he could walk out. Okay, let me grant you that. Well, it says his face was wrapped around with a cloth. He couldn't see. He did not know where he was. He literally came back to life. I don't know what happened here. I'm, I'm sort of of the mindset that Jesus literally brought his body out, okay, that he didn't come walking up, that he was so bound and that he was so wrapped that he could not move of his own volition. And the Lord brought the body out. And as the body is standing there, and as Lazarus is standing there, he says, now, go unbind him. It really is a picture of how the Lord is the one that brings us out of the tomb. The Lord is the one that brings us out of death. The Lord is the one that brings us out of darkness, even when we can't see. And then as we're standing there with renewed life, but still bound by these old ways and these old practices, that he tells uh, the body of Christ, unbind him, let him go. I don't know. I just think it's a beautiful picture right here. So uh, take this before the Lord. See what he says to you about it, okay? Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you again next time.